How about me now? Okay. See, I'm, 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 I'm nervous. I, I'm, I'm just a bag of nerves this morning. My boss is here. Bill Egbert is over there and put a lot of pressure on a guy, you know. Uh, welcome, Bill. Thank you for you and your family coming today. Um, we're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter 11 this morning. This is an invitation by Jesus to his followers. It's an invitation to everyone. He wants to help us. to. So he invites us to wear his yoke. And we'll talk about that this morning. Um, Jesus is very serious about this. Um, that's why the sermon is entitled, His Yoke is No Joke. Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, as we open your word, we ask you to open our eyes that we might behold wonderful truths out of your law. Jesus, just speak to us. Let your Holy Spirit go up and down every aisle today, touch every heart, that we might hear this wonderful invitation that you have for us and that we would accept it and we would walk in that way. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would come to Jesus... If you would truly open your heart and, and you hear him saying, come unto me, I will give you rest. There's no better invitation to ask of him, let me come with you in your yoke. There's five aspects of this message that I, I want to share with you and very excited to share with you. And the first one with this invitation there's something to do with every invitation there's something to do for this one what we have to do is come to Jesus Jesus said come to me all who labor and are heavy laden I read once where the entire Christian life can be summed up in three statements commandments I guess you should say of Jesus the first is come to me the second is follow me, and then the third is abide in me. And I, I hear those three things in our text today. And this first one is simple. It says, come to me. Not come to church, although we get a lot of rest in church, especially about uh, 1055 until 1115. I wait for the laughter. We don't come to church, although that's good. We come, he said, come to me. He, he wants us to come to him, and that's so special. And he doesn't say, come to me, some of you. He says, all of you. This is open to every, whosoever will. It's not a closed club that he is inviting us to. It's open to everyone. He wants everyone to come to him. He wants the lost to come to him so that they can then follow him, that they can abide in him. He wants the Christian to come to him. Come to him with your, your hurts and your pains. He said, cast all your cares upon me for I care for you. We are to come to Jesus. The only thing you can do to be saved today 
is to come to Jesus. When the Philippian jailer in Acts chapter 16 asked Paul, what must I do to be saved? Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Paul didn't tell him to do anything other than believe. Now listen, if you ask a Muslim, what do they need to enter into paradise? They'll tell you that they have to observe the five pillars of Islam, which includes praying five times a day, fasting one month every year. You go to an Orthodox Jew and ask him, what must you do to be righteous? And he'll give you a long list of do's and don'ts. Uh, such things as don't prepare dairy and meat together. Uh, don't push an elevator button on the Sabbath day. You know, just a lot of real important things that we do and don't, do not do to be a righteous Jewish person. Ask a Hindu, what must I do to be reincarnated into a higher existence? And he'll tell you to make an offering to your household gods three times a day. But for the Christian... For the Christian, there's really nothing to do. Because salvation isn't a program, it's not a performance. Salvation's a person, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then as a Christian, he continues to, to invite you, come to me. Come to me and I will help you. Come to my throne of grace and you'll find help in times of trouble. Jesus doesn't say come to religion, he says come to a person. If you've ever had an invitation to a party, a wedding, there's a lot of times an RSVP. You know, that's a, a, a French word that just simply means respond, please. If you receive an invitation containing an RSVP, you should let the host or hostess know your intention. I mean, it would be rude to just say, maybe, I'll try. That, that doesn't help that host any at all. It's actually an insult. In fact, you could go worse and just ignore the invitation altogether. Do the respectable thing. Simply say yes or no. If I sent you an invitation, I said, come over to the house tonight and uh, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have supper, dinner, whichever it is you have at night. And, and I added RSVP. You would then say yes or, no, it's too cold out, Brother Bill. I'm not leaving the house once I get home today. You wouldn't ignore it, would you? You're good people. So why do we continually ignore the invitation that Jesus says to come to me? I mean, I see a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people, and some of you, and, and you're burdened. There's, there's a lot of stress on your life, a lot of things going on in your life. And you just continue to carry that around with you. This passage is the world's greatest invitation. And Jesus says to you, Christian friend, come to me. He says to you, the lost individual that is here today, come to me. What is your response? Don't say maybe. Yes. Yes, Jesus, I've come to you. Or you might want to just say, no, Jesus, you know what? I think I can handle my life all by myself. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to take care of it. Jesus isn't going to drag you in. No, he, he's going to be a gentleman about it. 
The Bible says that the Father draws you. Jesus will save you. The Holy Spirit will convict you. Nowhere does it say, I will make you to become a Christian. I'll make you to become a fisherman. I'll make you to become like in my image after you're saved. But he, he invites you to come. He won't drag you into it. it. The question is, are you going to accept this great invitation? So the first thing this morning, there's something to do. But there's also something to leave. Jesus said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. There's something for us to leave. Leave your burden with Jesus. If you accepted my invitation to come over tonight, and by the way, that was not an open invitation. <laughs> my wife is down here fretting that everybody's going to show up. Um, if you would have been it, it, taken up that invitation and, and come, I'd meet you at the front door. If you had a coat and a uh, hat and all that, I would, I would relieve you of that burden. I'd hang it up in the closet. I'd go lay it on the bed in the, in the guest room or something. And, and I, I would ask, can I take that from you? That's what Jesus is offering. You have these burdens on your heart, this pressure going on in your life. And Jesus said, can I take that? You're, you're dealing with a terrible family matter. You're dealing with a terrible medical problem. You're, you're dealing with a, an issue at work. Jesus said, I want to take that. Would you let me have it? If you're weary, if you're burdened, he wants to relieve you of your burden. Now listen, when you leave my house, I'm going to reburden you with all your belongings. I'm going to give it all back to you. You know what though? With Jesus, he never gives it back. We take it back. We do. We, we come to the altar. We leave it at the altar and we get up and we pull that suitcase with us and go about our day. But Jesus will never give it back to you. He says, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. We'll do this. We, we live in a world where people are so busy that they're stressed out. Maybe it's just me, but do you guys have a problem figuring out what you're going to do with all your spare time? And, and Nobody, nobody worries about what they're going to do with their spare time. We, we live in a fast-paced world, and we're getting busier and busier, working more and more hours. I talk to retired people, and without fail, you know what they tell me? I'm busier now than I ever was. Yeah, because there's so much that we do, and that's creating a lot of stress in our life. If you're burdened today, Jesus is inviting you to share your burden with him. Leave your burden with him. There's something to do. Leave it with him. There's something to leave. Leave that burden. And then thirdly, I want you to see there's something to take. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Very few people have a cultural point of reference to what a yoke is. Thank you, Margaret, for the wonderful um, bulletin. You see that on your bulletin. That's, that's an old-fashioned yoke. And, and if you notice, that's a yoke for two animals. See, this was used up until the mid-probably uh, 20th century uh, here in America. It's still used in, a, in the Amish community. It's still used in some of, uh, of the world uh, nations that aren't quite developed yet. But the idea of a yoke is coupling two animals together. In Bible times, they would take two oxen and they would use them in that yoke. They would pull a load 
they would uh, plow the fields, all that kind of thing. And many times, and get this, this is an important part. Um, many times they would yoke a younger animal with an older animal. A weaker animal with a stronger animal. And I want you to keep that in your mind. I want, to, I want you to put that away because we're going to talk about that. It's going to become very important in our message today. This picture that Jesus is using is that we, he wants us to link up with him. And he's going to supply both the direction and the power. See, that, that older oxen or that older horse, whatever it was that was yoked together with a younger one, is going to show the younger one how to do it, which way to go. He's going to provide the strength. The other one is just going to sit there and learn. It's a wonderful picture of our relationship with Jesus, being yoked together with him. It's a wonderful uh, picture of what we're to be doing with one another called discipleship. So proud of our ladies' ministry getting together with that yoking uh, ladies together, older with the younger, to help them answer questions in their life. It's a wonderful process. And I've been praying about that, and and I'm glad they're doing it. So the fourth thing I want you to see is there's something to find. Now, when you yoke yourself together with Jesus, you're going to find rest for your soul. Jesus said you will find rest for your soul. He's not promising that he's going to give you a rest where you can just sit around and let him do everything. That's nowhere near what we're talking about. What, what happens when we get to that point in life, we become lazy and we don't want to do anything. But he promised us his rest for our soul. The soul is the mind, the will, the emotions of a person. And that's, that's where we get all tangled up in life, in our mind, our will, what I'm going to do, our emotions. And he promised rest for your soul. This speaks of that emotional and spiritual rest. In fact, the word rest here is what they would use in the Old Testament for the word Sabbath. It's a time that we just step back. God's going to provide. We still do the work, but we know that God is the one who's going to provide as we're yoked together with him. My body may sometimes get tired, but I'm going to tell you what. As long as I stay yoked with Jesus, my soul... My mind is at peace. My heart is at peace. My emotions are peaceful because I find rest in my relationship with Jesus. And the last thing in our outline, there's something to learn. And this is going to take longer than the other four points, okay? Just so you know, we're not done. Something to, there's something to learn. We need to learn to surrender to Jesus. Surrendering to Jesus is going to make your life easier. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. That, that kind of reminds me of that, you know, those three things. He said to um, come to me, follow me. Follow me is learn of me. He said, for I am meek and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Learn of me, Jesus said. 
My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Some of us are wearing a yoke today, but not the one that Jesus speaks of. It's more like the one Paul talked about in the book of Galatians, where he talked about members of the church being under a yoke of slavery to religious legalism. I've got to do, I've got to do, I've got to do, I've got to do. And we got a long list of things that I've got to do. There are plenty of challenges in life. And sometimes it's hard to move forward when you're trying to pull a heavy load of pain, a load of trouble. Some, some people like to go to what they call tractor pulls, you know, where they go into an arena and they cover the floor with dirt and they bring these big tractors in and see who can pull the heaviest load. Uh, I, I haven't been to one. My son-in-law goes to them and they tell me all about it and that's good enough for me. But it, it's, it's something people just love to do. There's nothing new about that tractor pull. Back before there were motorized tractors, they had horses yoked together and they would have these competitions to see whose horses were the strongest. Now, in these competitions, com competitors made a very interesting discovery. A single horse could pull a heavy load, but yoked with another horse, horse together, they could pull more than the sum of the amount of each horse could pull alone. In other words, if you had a horse that could pull two tons of weight, and you yoked him with a horse that could pull three tons of weight, you do the math, they can pull now five tons of weight. No, here's what they discovered. That horse can now pull six tons, seven tons, even eight tons when they're yoked together it, it goes up. You say, well, that's impossible, but it, it's actually a scientific, it's, it's been proved scientifically, it's called synergy, where you two are pulling together, and when they do, they can accomplish more than the sum of the two parts. Now, let's apply that principle to the yoke of Christ. You are bearing a heavy burden, a heavy load. And, and you're carrying that all by yourself. And you think, how much strength do I have? I'm, I'm under this heavy load. How, how am I ever going to make it? Well, this invitation from Jesus says, you yoke with me and I'll take that pressure. I'll take that burden from you. See, he's the strong one. I'm the weaker one. Remember the first song you learned in church when you were little? It says, Jesus loves me, this I know. Lord, the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are, and he is. Yeah, y'all know that song. See, we've learned that all of our Christian lives. And, and, it, and it took until 2024 to realize what that meant. <laughs> if you're struggling with a heavy load, you might be thinking, I, I'm just not strong enough. To bear this burden. Good. Congratulations. You're in the perfect position to come and be yoked with Jesus. The Bible says his power is made perfect in our weakness. In other words, as long as you struggle alone, you're going to feel like, the, like you're trying to drag an aircraft carrier through the desert. You're just not going to budge that thing. 
But the moment you surrender to the strength of Jesus Christ, the burden becomes easy. The load is light. I've been around some believers who suffer from what I call spiritual hernias. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they, they have for so long struggled and strived and moaned and groaned. They, they, they are now weakened. You can often recognize them by the agony, agony in their face. They, they just go around moping all the time. Oh, if you only knew how hard it is on me. Because you're trying to do it by yourself. You're living by sight and not by faith. When we live by sight, we take the burden upon ourselves because I've got to work this out. Right, guys? We talked about that Wednesday night. When we, when we learn to live by faith, we say, Jesus, here's the problem. Here's what I need. Here's, I'm giving it over to you. And I want to yoke myself together with you. My, my wish, my prayer, my hope is that every believer that hears this message will learn this revolutionary truth that Jesus is teaching. The Christian life is not me trying to live like Jesus. It's me trusting Jesus to live his life in me. It isn't me trying to do great things for Jesus. It's allowing Jesus to do great things through me. The question boils down to one simple question. What do you think, who do you think can live a better Christian life, you or Jesus? He can, can he? If you think you can, go ahead and try. I'll talk to you again next week because you'll be in the same condition. But if you think that you can live a better Christian life yoked to Jesus, you surrender to him, his power, and his presence in your life will make a radical change. I want to close with a story. I read the story. I want you to understand this is not a story about me at all, okay? I want to get that out there. One day, a high school buddy of mine and I decided to go fishing. We borrowed a boat from another one of our friends, and we weren't familiar with it. It didn't look like any fishing boat we've ever seen. It had a rudder at the back that was lifted and tied down, and it had a small round hole in the middle of the boat, and I figured it was a cup holder or something. That's why I wanted you to know this is not me, but there was a small outboard motor, and so we put it out in the water. We cranked it up, and we headed out to the middle of the lake. Halfway across, the outboard stopped. We pulled on the rope repeatedly to try to start it, but it refused to turn over. Being the high school geniuses that we were, we decided to check for gas out in the middle of the lake. I picked up the portable gas tank and knew as soon as I felt how light it was that we were out of gas. The shore was a long way off. We looked under one of the seats and found one paddle. We were young. We were strong. So we decided we were going to have no trouble getting back to shore. We started paddling away. Because we only had one oar, we took turns. We had been working for an hour, and uh, the shore didn't seem like it was getting any closer. The wind was kind of strong and blowing us sideways, and that was making everything even harder before long, we were too tired to keep paddling, so we took a break. And I decided to look for another paddle. On the side of the boat, there was a long storage container, and I opened it up thinking I'd find fishing rods. I lifted the cover and found that there was a mast and a sail. I finally realized what that small hole in the middle of the boat was for. So we mounted the mast and thread the sail 
hoisted the, the, the sail up, and immediately the wind filled it, and we were moving fast toward the shore. What was once a difficult task suddenly became an enjoyable adventure. Now, I thought about that story, and I thought about what we were going to talk about today, thinking about the Christian life. Some people are trying to live their Christian life like those two teenagers who had that one paddle. To them, the Christian life involves a lot of strain and sweat and struggle. And, and they worked. We have Christians that work, they're working hard every day. And they're becoming weaker instead of better. You ever use a paddle, you know that it doesn't take long that your muscles get tired, your blisters start forming on your hand. We have a lot of Christians today who are suffering from spiritual fatigue. But for those who have surrendered to Jesus, who have taken his yoke, it's like sailing compared to rowing. In fact, did you know in the New Testament, the word for the spirit is pneuma in the Greek. It's the same word for wind. The spirit-filled life means that we stop struggling to please God and we just allow the Holy Spirit to fill our sail, to drive us towards God's shore. So what pictures your Christian life the best today, rowing or sailing? Rowing's hard. Sailing is quite easy. Right now, some of you are carrying a burden, and I really don't know how you're getting from day to day. Loss of a loved one, sickness in the family, financial burdens, all kinds of things, and they're just too heavy for you to shoulder, too heavy for you to bear. Maybe something from your past and you're, you're still holding on to it. Maybe with a, a problem with a family member and maybe a persistent sin in your life. You, you know what that burden is. The only question is, will you share it with Jesus today? You've carried the burden long enough. It's time that you surrender to his yoke. It's time for you to say, today I'm unloading this burden for Jesus to shoulder. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we look at this text and, and we say it sounds so easy just to let you take care of everything, but we're a lot of us are the type of person that wants to get the job done. I think that's why you said we are to be yoked together with you. You will be the strong one in our relationship. You will be the one who guides us correctly, the right direction. God, that you would be the one that helps us in every step of our Christian life. Lord, we want to work better, stronger with you. We ask that you would come and just teach us this special invitation that you have given to us, that we would become yoked with you. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to have a hymn of invitation in just a moment. During that hymn, I want to invite you to come to Jesus. 
You've carried the burden of your sin long enough. You can, you can let that go. Jesus will forgive you of all your sin. Just come to him. Maybe you're here today and you believe that God has led you to First Baptist Church. You want to join with us. We'd love to have you. So what we do is we just ask as we stand, as we sing in a moment, you, you just come on out the aisle, come up to the front, and I'll be here to meet with you and to help you with that decision. So as we stand together and as we sing, you come on this first stanza.